Hey, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kring in Seattle, and I'm just thinking about my life. And it turns out that my cat actually is diabetic, even more diabetic than my naturopath thought, because he, his blood sugar numbers are, are fairly high for the last, uh, the average of the last two weeks with the special blood test that we got, the fructosamine, I think it's called. Um, so I'm upset about that, and I'm a little sad about it, but I've given it some thought, and uh, I think I don't want to do needles right now. He is an amazingly strong cat. He has a good immune system, um, good liver, kidneys, thyroid, good everything except his pancreas. So we are going to baby his pancreas. We are feeding him um, raw like enzyme, digestive enzymes to help him digest food better and we're going to baby his pancreas um, we might use Chinese herbs I'm gonna ask her about acupuncture um, he's I think he's about 12 and the previous person I adopted him three years ago from a woman who fed him really cheap uh, commercial pet food in a can dry food and wet food that was made with corn uh, gluten and wheat gluten and artificial flavors and colors and meat byproducts basically junk food like he was basically like eating McDonald's and TV dinners and like frozen white trash junk food for cats is basically what it is sorry if that offends anybody but just basic junk food and uh, I really admire Dr. Karen Becker online and my vet in Seattle Dr. Kate at the natural veterinary clinic in Seattle I think is what it's called I just t started taking him there and basically I don't want to treat my cat like he's a machine like like you know like his whole uh, being is is not just about his blood sugar number it's also about his eating his peeing and his pooping and his emotional well-being and his health and poking him every day with a needle in the ear does not seem like the right thing to do right now for him and for me and injecting with insulin twice a day uh, I live alone I have a boyfriend but I live alone and uh, nobody can check on him if I'm gone for 12 hours you know when I go model for art classes sometimes usually I'm only gone a few hours and then I come back and I feed him and eat my eat you know healthy food myself because I'm really anti-mainstream uh, food in this culture, USA, I tend to get organic, raw, fermented foods and don't buy a lot of mainstream garbage. So I get him raw, frozen meat at the health food pet store. So I'm really pretty disgusted with mainstream culture and I'm really happy that there is a naturopathic vet that I can go to. So basically she wants to work with me on a plan for Kisun to treat his diabetes and to try to help him be as happy and healthy as as I possibly can help him be for the rest of his life. When I adopt a cat, it's till death do us part. So I had Tux for 11 years, Stella for 7 years, and Kisun so far for 3 years. So I am dedicated to him for for the rest of his life through thick and through thin. So I am married to him. So I'm sitting in my bathtub right now and I'm boiling water on my stove because my hot water doesn't last long enough to get me a hot, I like really, really hot, hot, hot showers and really, really hot, hot, hot baths. So for some reason my hot water doesn't get that hot in my building. So I boil water on my stove to make it hotter and I'm soaking an Epsom salt bath because I have... Um, <sighs> My muscle, my back is in spasm. I have really, really 
painful back spasm on my lower right side of my back trying to figure out if it's the piriformis muscle or whatever the heck it is but um, thanks to my ACA affordable Obamacare I can go to the doctor and not get a big bill because I'm low income enough to qualify for Medicare, Medicaid, whatever it's called. Hope they don't take that away. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what the best thing for my cat is and I'm not going to let people push me around and guilt trip me because I have done like I had Stella and she had liver and kidney failure and I, I had her go to the vet overnight and they did this like really expensive intense flush of her liver and it made her even worse. I guess she was already weak at that point. So it, it really didn't help her and it put her through a lot of trauma. So I know that a lot of medical intervention can actually stress out a cat more than help a cat. So it's probably for the people more than the cat. Hey, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle. So I'm going to talk more about my cat and his diabetes. And he's apparently diabetic. Um, and the vet thought his numbers would be better than they actually are based on uh, her giving him an exam and me telling her about his peeing and his pooping and his appetite and his energy levels. And he plays, he looks happy, he purrs, his fur is shiny and silky and healthy, um, he's thin. His, his only negative symptoms are that he is really, really, really hungry a lot of the time and he lost a pound in the last year. So, and those are signs of diabetes. And so we've had him tested a couple times, two different blood tests, two different vets. And so basically to make a long story short, he apparently is diabetic, except my vet says that he is very, um, his body seems amazingly well at being functional with a high blood sugar level. So I don't really believe in treating him like he's a machine and like he has to have his blood a certain exact number. I am going to sleep on it tonight and talk to the vet again tomorrow, but I was going to say that I've had cats my whole life, and I always have them till death do us part, and they usually live till they're 20. My mom had a cat named Aslan, who was an amazing cat, and we took great care of him And when I was in high school, and he lived to about 20, and my mom even took him to the vet and was going to almost get surgery or something for him, and then he died on the operating table. That was tragic, but um, he was 20. And my dad had the same thing. He had a cat named Sophie who was 20, and he had her go into emergency surgery to try to save her life, and she was already 20, so that's like a 100-year-old person. So basically, uh, my cat Stella, I did a lot of medical intervention, and she had to get injected with a, a subcutaneous fluid, and she spent overnight at the vet's office and was really traumatized by that. So uh, some of my last memories of her happy memories of her purring and running up a tree and being happy outside in the fresh natural air and grass and then the sad memory of her being in the vet's office and being really scared and uncomfortable and she just got downhill from there so I know the vet, were, the vet was trying to save her but I think a lot of aggressive medical intervention is actually kind of selfish and it's more for the humans and less for the unless for the cat itself. You know, I want to try to figure out what is best for my cat. I also have to con take into consideration my own well-being and mental health. I do struggle with anxiety and depression and OCD and mood swings and um, whatever, just my issues. But um, I live by myself and I am low income, but I'm very frugal and I make good money as an art model 
in terms of my hourly wage, but in terms of like fifteen or twenty dollars an hour, which actually at this point isn't even very enough, a uh, very much, because prices keep going up. But I have Section Eight housing, so my rent is only my rent would basically be double what it is now if I didn't have my special rent deal uh, because I'm low income. So I'm really, really grateful for that, and so I can take my cat to the naturopathic vet, and my dad actually helped me pay for the second opinion, but now I have to pay for the rest of the stuff, my dad said, so, um, which is fine, and I usually pay all of my vet bills with all my cats, but I'm saying that Tux was um, very ill, and I had him euthanized after it was clear that he wasn't going to get better, and he might have had a tumor or something, but it would have been $5,000 to get surgery, etc., and he was already 20 years old and going blind and losing his teeth, and I had 11 years with him, and he was very happy with me, and I loved him so much, and so I had him euthanized when it was clear that he was no longer enjoying himself at all. And it was hard to say goodbye. And then Stella, I let die naturally after I tried to save her liver and her kidneys with the vet's recommendations of fluids and medications, etc. And that was really, uh, I think Stella went through a lot of stress. She ended up dying home with me. Um, they gave me kitty morphine because she was clearly on her deathbed after the treatment they tried didn't really we couldn't save her liver, it was failing, and nobody knows why her liver failed, but it did, and I feel bad about that. So I went through the death of Tux by euthanasia, I went through the death of Stella by basically kitty morphine at home, but basically slowly dying, like in two weeks she was lying in bed, and now I have Kisun, who is acting like he's pretty healthy, but apparently his blood sugar is very high. Hey, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle. So I have gone through various experiences with cats of mine that one had to be euthanized because he was suffering and dying, and then my cat Tux, and then my cat Stella, I uh, had her die very slowly at home with me, which was painful to watch, and I just wasn't sure if I should just euthanize her or not, and so... In retrospect, now I'm thinking maybe I should have euthanized her sooner because I think she was lying there and kind of suffering. The last two weeks of her life, she was not really eating. I was just giving her fluids and uh, having to inject them into her body. And eventually I didn't even do that anymore. And she started kind of making noises like she was sighing. I know, I know she was dying. And so basically... And then my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend's cat, Grendel, we let her die naturally at home, and she had a very slow, gradual, peaceful death, and we don't know what was wrong with her. She was extremely old and got really, really thin and just sort of passed away. Um, and so there's euthanasia, and there's letting cats die naturally, and I know my cat, Kisun, is still with us. He's about 12. He has really high blood sugar. Uh, according to the charts, he's diabetic, but he doesn't act diabetic in terms of he doesn't seem like he feels sick. So I'm not sure if I want to prick his ear um, two or three times a week to check his blood sugar at home when he's relaxed, although it's not going to be relaxing for him if I prick his ear with a needle 
two or three times a week. So I have to question whether that's really good for him and then inject him with insulin twice a day and then having to constantly check and adjust the and then check every day. Once I start injecting with insulin, I have to check every day and make sure the blood sugar is not too high or not too low. And then if I go to work for several hours, I have to worry that he might become hyperglycemic and his blood sugar could get too low and he could die and I don't want that. He could have a seizure. All kinds of weird things could happen while I'm at work and I don't want him to suffer in that way either. So the way he is right now, he still eats and drinks and pees and poops and plays and he purrs and his fur is shiny and healthy and I feed him amazingly healthy raw specially formulated meat diet for cats that's species appropriate for all life stages veterinary recommended naturopathic veterinary recommended I'm really horrified that mainstream vets recommend Hill's Science Diet that is not healthy. It's full of preservatives, cornstarch, vegetable oil, all kinds of junk that cats should not be eating. So it's bizarre. Um, even my dad has his cat on a veterinary prescribed diet because she uh, has allergies and she's eating commercial pet food that's full of cornstarch and weird ingredients and she's had lots of shots. Vets recommend getting shots every year, which actually is too much for the cat's immune system. So you can test the cat for antibodies by tithers or tithers and see if they have enough antibodies so that you shouldn't need to get them shots every single year. And it also depends on how much they go outside and what, what the kind of risk is. My cat, he stays inside with me and then I take him out for walks on a leash. He actually likes his leash. He's the first cat I've ever had that would go on a leash. And I have a fenced-in yard in my apartment building. So there's no other cats and dogs in the yard and it's just he and I walking around for like 20 minutes and he chews grass and he sniffs the air and he enjoys himself. And then we come inside and I play with him and feed him good food. So he has a really, really happy life. I clean his cat box constantly. I keep it fresh and clean for him. I guess I feel a little defensive. Like, I have to explain that I really take good care of my cat. And I don't believe in super-duper aggressive medical intervention. It depends on the situation. So, you know, I went through a lot with Stella. I went through a lot with Tux. And now I'm going through something with Kisun. And I might not get a cat next time. I might just say, you know what? I've had cats my whole life. Maybe I'm done because I'm tired of worrying about about cats, although I really, really, really love them and take pretty good care of them. And I'm dedicated to them, like I'm married to them, basically. But um, I don't know. I have some choices to make. So, again, he's still fine. I feed him several times a day. If I feed him too much, he'll throw up. But if I just feed him a little bit and wait an hour, and then feed him a little bit more and wait an hour. So if I just wait between each meal, because he has a huge appetite, and I'm feeding him digestive enzymes, which are supposed to help his pancreas. And I might, the vet recommended Chinese herbs, and I'm going to talk to her about acupuncture. And I know some people think that sounds ridiculous, but I've had acupuncture and it really helped me. And apparently it does help some dogs and cats relax and calm their nervous system and all kinds of stuff. And it helps their immune system, which then helps other things going on. Hey, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle, and I wanted to talk about mental health now. I'm dealing with uh, trying to help my cat with his diabetes and don't want anyone to push me around or guilt trip me about it. Um, so I love my cat dearly, and I'm taking to him, him to a naturopath who suggests that I could do insulin 
um, and check his blood sugar with an ear prick thingy McJagger and then inject him with insulin twice a day, very low dose. I might do that. I might not. But I'm definitely going to keep feeding him the raw food that I feed him. It's specially formulated for cats. It's not just hunks of raw meat. It's a very smart uh, species-appropriate diet. And my vet says it's the same thing she feeds her pets. So it's special raw meat mixtures, and she also makes her own sometimes with a special um, vitamin-mineral balance with the meat. So long story. But mental health, I just read an article on Huffington Post about the real cause of anxiety and depression, and they're talking about how it's mostly really trauma and actually stressful things that happen to us as kids or adults and our normal reaction to it. I think that modern life, especially in Seattle where rent is going up and up and up and up and up and up, market rate is twice as much as my rent right now. So I was on a waiting list and I got a Section 8 voucher, which is, I'm so grateful. Um, I live alone. I have probably some post-traumatic stress disorder and OCD and borderline tendencies, whatever, but I'm a very, very good art model. And I had an abortion in my 20s because I was too afraid to have a kid with this guy. And long story, that was really traumatic. I've had a lot of relationships that were not really very healthy or functional with different men over the years. And I've loved, you know, some really interesting men. And I don't regret loving these men, but it just wasn't healthy. And um, even my high school boyfriend and I, who were together for seven years, we lost our virginity together. He's now married and has three kids, and he's Christian. And although he's a very liberal Christian, I think he's kind of more of a real Christian than most Christians. In other words, he believes in treating people with love and kindness and more like what Christ would do instead of being mean and judgmental and shaming people. Um, but to make a long story short, he and I were not meant to stay together, and I never wanted to get married and have kids and do all of that. I'm 49 and in and out of therapy, and I'm just so grateful that I have my Section 8 rent. I have a really nice landlord who believes in meditation and forgiveness and feng shui. He's a really cool guy. When he sells this building, I'll have to find another place to live, but I think for the next year, at least for the next year, I'm safe, hopefully longer. Uh, but I was going to say, I think anxiety and depression is, I agree with what that Huffington Post article said about it mostly being trauma and real uh, reasons to be stressed out and then your brain freaks out and you feel ashamed and you blame yourself. Um, I mean, taking responsibility is a good thing, but if you blame yourself for for being abused as a child, then that's not really helpful. Um, it's true that some kids are abused and they can handle it better than other kids grow up and have really dysfunctional behaviors. And some kids, like Tom Petty, actually had kind of an abusive childhood. His father was very mean to him verbally and physically and didn't really appreciate him the way he was, which is a sensitive, artistic, musically gifted child and very handsome little boy that was kind of androgynous, I guess you could say. Tom says he's afraid his, his dad probably thought he was gay and was, like, freaked out about it. Um, but who cares if he's gay anyway? But he wasn't gay, but who cares? If someone's gay, there's nothing wrong with that. So, or bi, or trans, or non-binary, or whatever. I'm open-minded I'm open -minded about gender, and I don't understand people who judge gender. Um, there's a whole spectrum of gender. So, basically, Tom Petty is an example of somebody who, although he passed away, sadly, from all those medications he was on that um, harmed his body, but um, he turned his, his anger and his trauma and his rage and his love for music into a healing 
art of creating music, and he developed an amazing career and a body of work. So he's an example of somebody who transmuted, maybe took all the abuse from his childhood, and apparently his mother was very, very sweet, though, and told him he could do anything he wanted and to follow his dreams, although she was very sick and died of brain cancer, and she was in bed a lot when he was a kid. So he, he kind of not neglected by both parents, and long story, but... Um, I have really sweet, sensitive parents. My parents are both, they're both kind of critical in their own way, and they divorced when I was four. I didn't really get as much attention, I think, as I wanted, or validation. I don't have a lot of confidence, but my parents are sensitive animal lovers. They taught me some good things, but there's a woundedness in my family. Hey, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle, and I'm going to say again, um... I am 49 and I'm really grateful that I have a safe place to live and a job as an art model. I have my art showing at two different places. I mean, those are all really amazingly functional good things and I'm taking my cat to a good vet and my dad offered to help me pay for the second opinion at the naturopathic vet and now I'm going to switch him to the naturopathic vet um, because she just seems a lot smarter to me and a lot more into helping my cat be as healthy and happy as possible taking into account his mental well-being as well as his physical well-being. Whereas a, a mainstream vet is more about physically controlling his body like it's a robot and not as much concerned with mental health. It's just a different attitude. So, And my current life is that I live alone, but I have Section 8 rent, and I wouldn't want to live with my boyfriend anyway. I never had kids, and I never got married. I don't think I'll ever will get married. And I don't know how much of it is because I'm traumatized as a person. I've never had housemates. I've lived with a couple different boyfriends, but I did not like that at all. I like living by myself. I'm an only child. That might be partly why. I'm kind of an introvert and an only child. Although I used to dance around naked on TV and have a TV show called Goddess Kring, and I currently do a radio show, and I'm doing this podcast right now, Life of Shannon Kring, and that's on iTunes, and it's on Anchor. And I do another podcast or radio show with my own music and poetry called Goddess Kring on Mixcloud. And I have a bunch of stuff on YouTube and Flickr. I mean, I do a bunch of art and I share it. And that's what I do with my time mostly. I don't have a, much of a social life. I model for art classes for a living. Um, I feel like my parents, they were not mean people. I love them both. Um, but it's almost like they're my older brother and my older sister, and we don't have any parents. And they're in their 70s now. They split up when I was four. And so my mom is um, my her, her third husband, my stepdad, passed away a few years ago suddenly of an illness. And we don't really know why, but he passed away suddenly at home, and that was really sad. And they were together for 30 years, so that was her amazingly good marriage. And now she's looking for another spouse, and hopefully she'll find somebody. She's dating somebody. Um, and he's financially doing well, so she has more security because she's kind of living in poverty and had to file for bankruptcy. So it's a long story, but my mom is, I probably shouldn't say that because she's a very private person. My mom is a very talented artist, very intellectual, very gifted. She studies Advaita Vedanta non-duality, and she's dating somebody, and I think it's going well. So that's good for her. My dad is retiring. He's like in his 70s. He still works full-time. He's going to move to Florida and retire, and he has a, a girlfriend who's a fitness model who's 45, and I haven't met her, but she seems like a great person, and she's the mother of two, and so he bought a house in Florida, and he's going to live in it, and then he bought another house in Florida, and he's renting it out, so he's financially doing well. My mom is barely surviving financially, but I think she'll find another spouse, and she'll be fine. I personally live on a low income, but I have a really nice landlord and Section 8 rent, 
and I go to the food bank to stretch my food budget. If there's anything healthy enough there, I get it, and then I share the rest with my mom when she needs extra food. I'm a health food person, so there's not a lot at the food bank I can eat. Like, I can eat, you know, garlic, onions, potatoes, beans, rice, uh, stuff like that, but I don't eat, like, the junk food, so, and I don't eat wheat or pasta or, you know, I don't eat any of the carbs. Like, I eat mostly fruits and vegetables and some meats, and uh, I feel better when I don't eat meat, though, because of the way they treat the animals, and I take a vitamin B complex. So basically, I'm taking fairly good care of myself, and I eat diatomaceous earth and coconut oil and brewer's yeast. My cat eats coconut oil and brewer's yeast, and he eats raw meat. So I'm taking really good care of my cat. I'm really good at, I exercise almost every day. I drink a lot of water. I get artesian well water. I'm really into health stuff. Um, but I'm really stressed out a lot of the time and uh, kind of afraid of the future. I don't know. I feel like I could never live with a guy now, especially because I think I just want to live alone anyway. And now I'm afraid to retire in this country because of what they're doing to Social Security. Uh, who knows what's going to happen. So I might have to retire in a really cheap country that has socialized health care uh, and then live off my American Social Security, which will go farther in places like Thailand or what's that called, Ecuador or... Um, What's that place called? The Panama or Mexico or I don't know, just some other country. I'd rather actually live in Europe. Whenever I visit my friends in Europe, I enjoy it there. I've been to Europe eight times. Despite my low income, I know how to travel cheap. So I'm kind of an eccentric person. There it is. Hey, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle. And I am dealing with a muscle spasm in my back which really really hurts this is an ongoing thing that happens to me off and on since 2003 so I need to figure out what to do to help myself heal and stretch chiropractor massage rest etc um, <clears throat> long story but um, my cat I was just gonna talk about how good it feels to finally take my cat to a naturopathic vet which I've never actually done and I finally did that, and she validates what Dr. Karen Becker, who is a naturopathic, well, Dr. Karen Becker actually is a, <clears throat> she's a regular vet with regular degree in veterinary medicine, but she also has a degree in holistic naturopathic veterinary medicine and wildlife rehabilitation. She used to um, find injured animals as a teenager and had a passion for helping them and so she went on to study that as an adult. So she's a really, really good expert in nutrition, especially in the power of nutrition on helping animals heal. My cat, Kisun, might be diabetic, but he might just be borderline diabetic or he might just be sensitive and get stressed at the vet, which makes his blood sugar go up. So we got a special blood test for him that measures the average of his blood sugar levels for the last two weeks. So I'm waiting to get the results of that. And my, the naturopathic vet basically told me we need to baby his pan pancreas. And she validated that I'm already feeding him the best possible diet, which I've been feeding him for over a year, um, which is raw meat, frozen raw meat that you get at the health food pet store, uh, which is formulated with organ meats like liver and heart, and muscle meat and some of it has ground bones in it and some of it instead has eggshells because cats need calcium and they need phosphorus and calcium and taurine and different vitamins and minerals and basically the commercial pet food that you buy in cans and dry dry food is very um, 
uh, dehydrating on cats. And this is based on all of the veterinary um, research that I've done. I'm not a vet, so talk to your vet. But be careful because vets prescribe Science Hills diet, which is full of, uh, like, rice and carbs, which can give cats diabetes. So be careful if your vet recommends Hill Science Diet because that's not really healthy. A naturopathic vet would tell you that's actually not healthy. Don't feed your cat that. So um, just talk to your vet, but be careful with, you know, if you don't trust your vet, then get another vet. That's what I was going to say. But um, I, the person who I adopted Kisun from fed him friskies which is full of wheat gluten and corn gluten and 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 uh, meat byproducts and it's really bad it's like the equivalent of if i were to eat mcdonald's every day or you know fast food um frozen tv dinners that are fake and artificial and have plenty of artificial flavors chemicals extra carbs and sugar and vegetable oil and all kinds of you know stuff basically the healthiest human diet would be uh organic fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and or, as organic and whole and natural and made by the earth as possible and as less processed foods most humans realize that and cats and dogs are becoming diabetic and obese more and more and more. My cat is actually thin, and we need to get him to gain weight. He lost about a pound. But the person who had him before me was feeding him a lot of wheat gluten in Friskies cat food and just really cheap cat food, which was dehydrating him and might have given him the diabetes. And so within a year, I, I well, over a year, I've been feeding him the raw uh, meat diet that I get at the health food pet store, which is nutritionally balanced for all life stages. You know, I don't just give him hunk of raw meat I give them especially formulated and there's also a recipe you can get um, you can grind up muscle meat with organ meat with um, egg and then you need either real bones or bone meal powder or eggshells for the calcium and then you need taurine which actually is in heart you can get a taurine capsule. Basically, there's a certain recipe you can follow to make it nutritionally balanced. Otherwise, the cat won't get enough vitamins and minerals. But raw meat is actually a lot easier for a cat and dog to digest than cooked dead meat in a can with weird preservatives, especially because they put corn gluten, wheat gluten, soy, rice, potato starch, all kinds of vegetable oil in pet food, and that's not actually good for cats and dogs. So thanks for listening. Hey, I wanted to give everyone a heads up on my cat. This is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kring in Seattle. And my kitty might be diabetic. I was really upset at first, but um, my dad kindly offered to pay for me to get a second opinion and take him to a more naturopathic vet, which I'd never done before because I believe in natural medicine. I believe in nutrition, the power of nutrition for myself and my cat. I switched him to a raw food diet. To make a long story short, he might be borderline diabetic. The mainstream vet wanted me to put him on insulin and start checking his, his blood sugar um, right away and learn how to do that and just start him on insulin and see how it goes. The naturopathic vet has a more um, nutritional uh, solution. She wants me because he seems very healthy other than he's kind of thin and hungry all the time and he can't seem to get enough to eat and if I feed him too much he'll throw up because he's so excited about eating. 
So I have to feed him a little bit and then wait before I feed him again. So the naturopath suggested that I feed him as much as I can, just wait between meals so he doesn't throw up. And um, he just had a bag on his head. My kitty is playing with a bag. I got bone meal powder for nutritional supplement when I make my own raw meat food. And my vet yesterday, my naturopathic vet, gave me Digestin, which is a digestive enzyme. Uh, she said that we need to baby his pancreas. Um, the previous person that had my cat for since he was a kitten uh, fed him fed him friskies, uh, cheap cat food, dry food and wet food, which has wheat gluten in it and corn gluten and all kinds of carbs, which give cats diabetes. Basically, carbohydrates give cats diabetes. Just like if a human eats too much sugar and carbs, they tend to get overweight and diabetes. My cat is actually thin. He's not overweight. Um, he lost a pound in a year. Ever since, I, over a year ago, I started feeding him a raw meat diet, frozen raw meat diet from the health food pet store, specifically made for cats, uh, balanced all life stages, etc. Not just hunks of meat, but it's got like liver and heart, basically organ meats, muscle meats, salmon oil, vitamin E, vitamin B12, or vitamin B complex. It's basically balanced in a certain way. And you can make your own raw cat food uh, with muscle meat and organ meats mixed with bone meal powder or actual bones if you have a meat grinder because that's got calcium and different minerals for the cats. And um, I forgot what else, salmon oil, and they some people say put eggs into it, raw eggs, and mix it together, grind it up, and then freeze it for at least three days because that tends to kill any bad bacteria, but also cats and dogs can handle bacteria that would make humans sick. So their digestive tract's very different than ours. Um, so raw meat is actually a lot safer than people think to feed, as long as you're careful about it and you're educated about it. But it's so much better than uh, commercial pet food. So my naturopathic vet validated that. She said that a lot of commercial pet food is really, really bad for cats, and no wonder they become obese and get diabetes, so dogs and cats both. So they really need good nutrition. So basically I'm waiting. The blood test we got yesterday at the naturopathic vet office is a special blood test called the uh, I forgot what it's called. It's it's this really strange name, and it they take one blood sample, but it somehow measures his blood sugar average over the last two weeks. And so we will then, because it could be that he gets really stressed out at the vet, because I've only taken him a few times, and he's never really gone to the vet before in his life, I think. The other woman didn't take him to the vet, I think. So I'm really happy. And the mainstream vet immediately is like, well, you need a rabies shot, and you need a flea control. And, you know, he doesn't really have fleas right now, but they, they wanted to sell me, you know, flea, flea uh, chemicals and rabies vaccination. And my cat is an indoor cat. I just take him for walks on a leash in a fenced yard for like 20 minutes a day. And then he comes back in. So he doesn't interact with other pets, um, dogs or cats. So there's no like rabies being spread anywhere between my cat and other cats or dogs. So I don't want a rabies vaccination for my cat right now. I'm focused on his blood sugar health. So basically, the naturopathic vet did not even talk to me about vaccinations. She and flea chemicals. She is more interested in his overall health and his nutrition. So we are doing... Um, digestive enzymes and waiting for the blood test results and I'm feeding him as much as I can feed him without him throwing up because he needs to gain some weight. Hello, this is Shannon Kringen, Goddess Kringen, Seattle, and I wanted to talk more about my 
Kat Kisun and the naturopathic vet that I take him to, there's a, a woman online, Dr. Karen Becker. She has lots of videos on nutrition for dogs and cats, raw food, uh, vaccinations, information about how some pets are over-vaccinated and that can mess up their immune system and overstimulate their immune system. Uh, because they they actually tell vets to vaccinate every year when actually mainstream vets, naturopathic vets know that they can test the blood for tithers or tithers. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's called tithers or tithers where you test the blood for antibodies. So if your cat or dog has enough antibodies already because they've been vaccinated for, you know, rabies or distemper or whatever the, all the different names of vaccinations are, if they already have enough antibodies in their body, then they're protected for life. So if a vet tells you vaccinate every single year, that's actually not correct. And that actually is bad for your pet to over-vaccinate isn't good. So not that all vaccinations are bad, but if you over-vaccinate, it's hard on the immune system and it can cause, it can trigger other diseases to happen because the body, the immune system gets stressed out and it has a reaction. So, um, so I'm feeding my cat raw meat diet and I've added digestive enzymes because the naturopathic vet I took my cat to the other day said we need to baby his pancreas because we need to see does he actually need insulin and if so she's going to teach me how to do it in a gentle way. Um, she's hoping that he doesn't even need insulin and that we're giving him digestive enzymes. It's this little powder, it's powder that I sprinkle onto his food and I mix it in with a little water. I take the frozen raw meat diet that I get at the health food pet store, again, that's nutritionally balanced for all life stages. It's not just hunks of raw meat. It's a special mix with vitamins and minerals and organ meats like heart and liver as well as muscle meats. And it hardly has any smell to it. It smells much better than the canned cat food that I used to feed him that was supposedly grain-free, but it had potato starch in it, which was really bad for a cat if they have blood sugar issues especially. Uh, but no cat needs potato starch or corn starch or rice. Uh, or potato, or especially not wheat gluten or corn gluten, so or corn meal. So um, cats do not need grains. Um, apparently, dogs can handle a few carbs, and it might be good for them to have a few carbs. But I'm not sure on that. But cats, no carbs at all. So they need fat and protein, vitamins and minerals in meat. Mostly is what cats need to thrive and be healthy. So listen to Karen Becker online. Search her, Dr. Karen Becker. She's got all kinds of videos online and written articles. Um, so I'm giving him digestive enzymes, which is powder, and I mix it into his food with a little water, and I kind of mush it up with a fork. It's a little bit labor-intensive, but I don't mind because I want him to be healthy. His pee and poop is so different. When I switched him to raw meat, um, he, he poops. His poop used to be really stinky and kind of runny and kind of like uh, medium to light brown. And now his poop is very, very dark, usually dark brown, and it's kind of more firm, and it's smaller, and it doesn't smell very much. But he tends to poop every day or every other day, and there's definitely poop, um, consistent poop. But it's very different. than. The, and then I noticed I fed him a can of, as healthy as I could find, processed canned cat food at the health food pet store, and his poop immediately got a lighter color and a lot stinkier and kind of mushy. So they say that it's healthier if the cat's poop is firmer and darker, as long as it's not too firm, uh, sort of in between, you know, firm, a little mushy, but it's, it hardly smells at all. And in other words, raw meat is so much easier for them to digest. That's what they eat in the wild. So basically humans and pets 
dogs, cats, and humans, we all thrive when we eat the most natural food possible instead of fake processed foods that come in a can. Um, it's amazing to me how many people, <laughs> and even, even dermatologists, dermatologists recommended lotion, Lubiderm, or whatever it's called. That's full of petroleum products. It's full of junk. You don't want to put that on your skin. A lot of uh, naturopathic doctors would say, don't put anything on your skin that you can't eat. Of course, I don't want to eat my shampoo. I use fairly natural shampoo, but I still don't want to eat it. But on my skin, I just use coconut oil. And my cat actually likes brewer's yeast and coconut oil, and that's good for cats too, so according to what I said online. <sighs> so basically, my cat might be diabetic because of what he was fed previous to when I adopted him, but giving him the raw meat has helped his pee and poop tremendously. I, I didn't go into detail, but it's really helped. Thanks for listening.